In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here. Marcus Parks is back. Hello, everybody. Hi, Marcus. Everyone missed you. They say, where is he? And I say, he's working. <laughs> Let the man work, for crying out loud. It's been a busy couple months, but yeah, we're yes. getting back into it. Absolutely. We got a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, Paul Ryan sort of, you know, he went against the country. He, he In a farm bill, he decided to add some more funding for the war in Yemen, helping out the Saudis kill a bunch of kids. Woo! Yay! Thank you, Paul Ryan. One final fuck you before he goes back to Wisconsin uh, and, you know, licks his wounds and probably gets involved in politics once again. Yeah, a lot of final fuck yous coming from the great state of Wisconsin. 85,000 kids so far have died in Yemen. It's brutal. You watch the footage. I mean, I wish the U.S. news would cover it. You got to go to the BBC Mm -hmm. and uh, PBS occasionally does. But my God, what's happening over there? It's the worst humanitarian crisis when it comes to children in quite a long time. So I don't know why we're funding that war. Of course, that's because, oh, by the way, this is Abe Lincoln's top hat. Hey. You know, they know the show. <laughs> um, but of course, that's because Trump's foreign policy is predicated solely on Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. having total control over the region. And we see where that's gotten us with Khashoggi and a whole series of other horrible atrocities <laughs> done at the hands of the Saudi leadership. Even that crown prince, the great liberator, MSB. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mohammed bin, or MBS. MBS. Yes, Muhammad bin Salman. He was supposed to be some great uh, leftist, some great liberal, and mm-hmm. honestly- Reformer was, and all that. No, it's nonsense. Yeah, it's all a lie. It's a bunch of dog crap. Yeah, of course. I mean, oh, it's, right. it's all predicated upon uh, money. It's all about money. Oh, no, Marcus. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't ever. No way. It's all about money. It's all, It's about money on our end. It's about money on their end. That's uh, just how things go, man. There, there it is. We're going to get in uh, to- to a little bit more of what's going on regarding Donald Trump. Of course, it was a huge week. Gigantic. It was gigantic. It was as big as a, as a big as a, what do you call those things? At McDonald's. Uh, Big Mac. Big Mac. <laughs> Donald Trump's favorite. It was as big as a Big Mac. Uh, Michael Cohen got sentenced to three years. Again, he should have probably cooperated more with the Southern District of New York. They uh, they were not too pleased with him. Of course, the Mueller investigation gave him a, quite a break. He was only looking at zero to six months there, and they're like, run a concurrent. Mm-hmm. The big one was really, of course, the time that came out from the SDNY. But now we have a sitting president who is, uh, you know, uh, Proven felon. Yeah, well, he's he's mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> he's mentioned. Individual one. Individual one. So we'll see what the hell happens with all of that. He better win re-election. If you're Donald Trump, you he really will be fighting for his life because, of course, there's a statute of limitations when it comes to campaign finance violation fraud, uh, which is a felony. Now a lot of politicians are saying they're too strict on him. Mm. They're too hard on the politicians. I've heard that before uh, from politicians. Yeah, uh, but the statute of limitations basically would run out in 2021. So he's got to get reelected, and then he'll be scot-free. Of course, that's just one of the many things. 
uh, you know, that could uh, end up being the downfall of the orange monster. He can be indicted while in office. Well, like there's, that's a, there's I don't nothing, think they're going to go that far, but, though. I don't, but there's nothing that says that a sitting president cannot be indicted. The well, person it hasn't who been made decided the, yet. The per, no, it has. You think, I mean, this court, you think the Supreme Court's going to be uh, going against Donald Trump at this point? Well, the person who de- who claimed that a sitting president cannot be indicted is a Nixon supporter. Like, that entire idea came out back in the 70s when Nixon was in such hot water uh Ooh, there's nothing nixon in, the... in hot water <laughs> mm. don't get don't get me going <laughs> give me some of that nixon <laughs> stew uh but there's nothing that said there's nothing in the constitution there's nothing anywhere that says that a sitting president uh cannot be indicted they wouldn't be able to figure that out though he would be long gone before they, they he'll just be out of office and then they can you know do whatever they they want with him but that's absolutely fascinating what happened with michael cohen uh in working with donald trump the pressure that Donald Trump puts on people, mm-hmm. the things that he makes them do, uh, are evidently worse than prison. Michael yeah. Cohen said that he felt liberated at his sentencing, <laughs> uh, which is also an indication, a reminder of how freaking brutal it is when the United States government uh, wants your hide, dude. Mm-hmm. You're pr- it's pretty miserable. Like yeah. He was like, I can't wait to go to prison. I am yeah. thrilled to have this over. Yeah. Lock me up. Drop this up. Let's have fun, boys. <laughs> Scrub a dub dub. I am so happy to be done dealing with Mueller and dealing with Donald Trump. A part of me, I, I actually do have sympathy now for Cohen because he is, you know, he's doing time. He's, God. you know, he's serving time. I have no Will sympathy whatsoever. Well, I have sympathy for people in general. I mean, he, he made a lot of mistakes. My, Donald Trump is the problem. Anything that Donald Trump touches dies. And we're seeing that now, of course, with AMI, um, of the the uh, the home company, or the, uh, uh, the owner of <laughs> the company that talk- owns National hey, Enquirer. I mean, you talking about Pecker? I'm talking about Pecker. <laughs> of course it's Pecker. We can't be mature at all, ever. Of course, Pecker. Of course, Pecker is the dude who uh, runs the National Enquirer. He was the guy. They used to do these things called... What do they call them? Uh, Buy and kills? Yeah, catching catch catch kill. kills. Catch and kill journalism. Catch and kill journalism. So basically, they'd be like, what story do you have about Trump? We really want to hear it. And then they would murder the story, a.k.a. not publish it. Yeah, they just buy it and not publish it. That, that's all. Yeah, it was said that uh, Pecker had a, a favor bank with Donald Trump. Really? Yeah, that he could pretty much call up a favor from Donald Trump whenever he wanted. That included uh, private plane rides uh, and th- you know, not, things of that nature. Hopefully nothing with Jeffrey Epstein. We covered that on the uh, last week's episode. That man is disgusting. Jeffrey Epstein is uh, somewhat involved in uh, a few of these things as well. I would not be Great. surprised in any way whatsoever because the big thing now is that uh, the federal government has the vault uh, and the vault is where all David of Don- Pecker's vault. David Pecker's vault, yes. and that was uh, where that's where all of Donald Trump's worst secrets lie. That's Ooh. where all the catch and kill stories live. Get Geraldo in there. Uh, we got to crack that thing open. <laughs> and I would not be surprised in it because Donald Trump does have a long history of hanging out with Epstein. Uh, oh yeah, well they, he he also hung out Epstein. We talked about this on last week's episode. He hung out with all the big stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Prince Philip, I think, was one of the dudes. Yeah. Uh, Include Stephen Hawking. Uh, you know, there could be <laughs> Stephen Hawking might have left the earth just at the right time. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't even know. I'm not sure what he could do. Yeah, but maybe uh, he could say some outlandish <laughs> things on that computer of his. But there is a there's a very real possibility that there's some Epstein locked up in that vault. Interesting. Yeah, that of course is fascinating. Uh, for those that don't recall, he got 13 months in prison. Uh, Acosta. He is now our Secretary of Labor. He was the head prosecutor. Uh, he was the Attorney General in uh, Florida. Uh, in the area that uh, that Epstein was being charged, he gave him the sweetheart deal. Of course, Dershowitz, um, uh, Ken Starr, both of these people were defending Epstein, which is mm-hmm. so ironic that Ken Starr uh, defended this child uh, predator mm-hmm. um, because, of course, he was the Puritan of the nineties, yeah. uh, uh, creating the uh, the Ken the Ken Starr report, of course, regarding uh, Lewinsky and Bill Clinton's uh, nasty deeds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, naturally, uh, Acosta said that he was a, they were assaulted. That's what he said. He said the prosecution was assaulted by the defense, and we had to give him thirteen months. <laughs> Anyway, and he had an office the whole time. We talked about this already, but yeah. you heard about that, his jail? He and literally he, had an office. He had office hours in jail. <laughs> I've never, like, he had his own wing. It's 
totally batshit crazy. Oh no, this I mean this guy is uh connected to some of the most powerful people on earth. I mean so, it's the Lolita Express. I mean even you mentioned Bill Clinton. Orgy Bill, Island. Orgy yeah. Island, Lolita Express, like you know like Bill Clinton was a, a well-known passenger on Uh-oh. the Lolita Express. I mean all of these uh, you know th- this is he has probably the largest collection of skeletons of anyone alive as far as what lives in his well, closet. It's interesting of course going back to David Becker who knows what he's been talking uh, or what he's been saying so far to Mueller. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, he's been basically said uh, he won't be serving any time or anything like that. No. He, he uh, got immunity. He got immunity. Yeah. So he's just ready to 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 um, throw the so-called friendship or relationship. You don't really have friendships with Donald Trump. No. You have a relationship with Donald Trump. He's ready to throw it away um, because, you know, at the end of the day, people are always looking out for their own self-interest. We saw that with Cohen as soon as the hammer came down. He squealed as much as he possibly could. Not sufficient enough for the uh, Southern District of New York, apparently. But, you know, uh, he did the best that he could. I don't believe that whole Patreon thing was horseshit, by the way. Remember that where they wanted to give the Patreon uh, for the defense for Michael Cohen? Oh, the GoFundMe. The GoFundMe, not the Patreon. That was crazy. Yeah. He's still a millionaire. Yeah. He's doing just fine. A multimillionaire. Um, He's going to be okay. But with Pecker... Uh, that really is a big story. God knows what this man knows. All of those stories uh, that were that were killed, uh, to use that phrase, are going to be read or going to be revealed uh, to the special counsel or to who knows, whatever authorities um, may want to see them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they'll probably come out in court filings at, yes. at one point or another. And, we and can it'll be see, public. It'll be public and we can or see. Or heavily redacted. Who the hell knows? Yeah, but we, we can see uh, just how much awful shit uh, Donald Trump got up to because I guarantee mm. you it's going to be a hell of a lot more than just he fucks Stormy Daniels. Well, and of course that really is that's the big issue, right? The the payments to Stormy Daniels and the payment uh, to what's the name? Karen of the, McDougal. Karen McDougal. Mm-hmm. She was a playmate. Yeah. Can you believe that? Uh. <laughs> you know, when you reach the top, you you get to hang out with Donald Trump. Ugh. Nice. What a reward. What a gift. <laughs> and then, of course, Stormy. And that those payments were, were of course, what uh, where Donald Trump came in. Because not everything regarding Cohen had to do with Donald Trump. No. There are some things. He was also a big boy. He could be a felon all on his own. Yeah, tax evasion. <laughs> like, he, he, had his but, own, he had his own game going on. Those are the two. Uh, those two payments are where Donald Trump comes in. And uh, obviously, he knew about the payments. The fact he's still denied it is just... It's amazing. Not just knew about the payments, directed the payments. Of course he did. Yeah, and because if they did not have uh, hardcore evidence that Donald Trump directed those payments, they would not be as emphatic as they are with these court filings and with these oh, and with these sentences. If they did not have, uh, they have so much more than just Cohen saying he told me to do it. And they have proof. Oh yes, the, well they they have all the audio recordings, things like that. So that yeah, that that's uh, we'll we'll wait to see. We'll see what the Democrats do January 3rd. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see if they push for impeachment or something. It seems to me like um, I want to talk about this as far as the Democratic Party here in a second, just regarding like, why is it um, so difficult to actually see a, a change party? And I yeah. want to talk about how the Democratic Party, what it's going to look like, in my opinion, going forward in 2020. But it before begins. Th- it begins. It's kind of exciting. I'm excited <laughs> for 2019. We're here, man. I mean, this is the, the midterms are over. You yeah. know, all the votes are in. Now it's time to start talking. 2020, the cycle begins anew. Seems like just yesterday we were talking about, is it going to be Jeb or is it going to be Ted? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already have two Democrats that have announced they've thrown their name in the ring. Mm-hmm. Isn't that exciting? They're like, they they answered the call of Axl Rose to get in the ring, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they did. And fuck you, Hip Parader. <laughs> fuck you, David Pecker. But, yeah, I was about to say, I'm surprised David Pecker is not mentioned in getting the ring right next to Bob Guccione Jr. The well, bitch. You pissed off because your dad gets more pussy than you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine living in a world where Axl Rose was tough? Like, they really thought. <laughs> He was tough. Oh man, yeah. Vince Neil said just as a very quick aside. Vince Neil said that like three times. Uh, Axel Rose told him that yeah, I'll fight you, man. I'll meet you in this. Meet me in this parking lot. And these are when these guys are like the two biggest rock stars in the world. And then Vince Neil went to the parking lot to find him, and Axel Rose never showed up. Oh, he never yeah. showed. The up. The only person that Axel Rose ever got into a fight with was Tommy Hilfiger, and Tommy Hilfiger beat the shit out of him. <laughs> 
<laughs> so well, he well, just punched true. him because he thought that uh, he said that uh, Axl Rose was. I found all this in this great book. Uh, your favorite band is killing me. And he said uh, Tommy Hilfiger said that Axl Rose uh, threatened him, and he thought that he was like about to uh, fight one of the most dangerous men in America. <laughs> so he just punched him in the head. And Axl Rose was like, "What the oh, fuck, man?" man? You know, that's when white people had clout. <laughs> the idea that you could look like Axl Rose, sound like Axl Rose, not to malign the great voice of Axl Rose. Of course not. But the idea that he's threatening, <laughs> that, that is adorable. Well, I love it. So, uh, speaking of threatening, uh, Julian Castro out of Texas, he has thrown his name in the ring uh, for the Democrats. And again, as I mentioned uh, earlier, Tulsi Gabbard out of Hawaii. So, we're already starting to see um, people entering the fray and saying for sure they're going to run for president mm-hmm. we already have two people now let's go back to 2016 we had a total i believe of five in lincoln chafee oh. uh wasn't there web what was the name of the uh the harvard professor uh, leonard lessig is it yeah, lessig lessig yeah i Le- think not so leonard lessig yeah what was his name uh, i can't remember War- warren lessig warren lessig i think was <laughs> I his don't name. Think it is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, just it's naming fucking politician I be- names like, i believe Warren. it's uh, who else did they have? Obviously uh, the Bernster, Hillary, and then there was uh, uh, the Baltim- Jim Webb. Uh, Jim Webb, and then there was uh, the Baltimore mayor. Uh, oh, that's right. The guy who played guitar. Yeah, the guy, that, the Baltimore mayor that uh, Carcetti and the Wire was based on. Yes. O'Malley. My, O'Malley, right? Martin O'Malley. Martin O'Malley, yeah. That was it. So we already have two. And then Hillary and Barney. Uh, so we had six total in 2016. We already have two. And a lot more people, um, you know, oh, suggesting yeah. that they will be running. And they will be. And I am quite excited. Marcus and I were talking before the show. I hope that they don't go too dirty in the personal politics yeah i hope they let people stay alive uh and don't just malign them so hardcore personally and slander them so hardcore personally that when they get to a general it's a it's a battle of who sucks less again again because god knows when you're uh uh, a pig who loves wallowing in shit like trump does he's so good at it he really is a great uh you know uh pig shit wrestler yeah he's the best uh, pig shit wrestler there is we don't need to send somebody who is fully scathed or the democrats shouldn't sit, uh, send somebody who has been, been you know throw so uh you know drawn through the muck that they look just like donald trump and then we have a, a similar reoccurrence but who knows yeah i hope they just get into policy issues which will be really uh, exciting I, I think it would be real i think if, i think these this will be a, a good uh i think these will be some good primaries i think we uh, can look forward to some you know, I, I think okay debate, possibly. I mean, after the midterms, I think we've uh, proven that some of the more progressive candidates can uh, actually uh, do well. I mean, I think just as well as Beto O'Rourke did in uh, Texas shows you that mm-hmm. I think some progressive ideas might be able to get through. I just hope that it's a new blood election. Like, I don't want it. I don't want another Bernie. I don't want more Biden. I don't want more well, we're, we're Clinton. Gonna- like, I just want I want something new. Well, that's what the people are saying. Uh, speaking of new, um, that was not the gift that was given when the Democrats, or they will end up uh, you know, having Nancy Pelosi become the Speaker of the House. Interestingly enough, with Nancy Pelosi, she did concede. She compromised a little bit. And I'm for this. This was actually a good thing that she did. And I don't hate Nancy Pelosi. I don't hate anyone, number one. But, you know, I, I, I also hate... Well, no, I don't want to use the word hate, Marcus. All right. I don't dislike, like dislike. No, I don't like the, the 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 fetishizing of these people. Yeah. You know, after that little uh, weird Oval Office meeting with Trump and and Schumer and uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and so whatever strange. Mike Pence was, <laughs> I, I don't know. He's a, honestly, I I know he's a sociopath and I, I yeah. know he drinks blood and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but my God, did I just want to just want to give him like a pep talk? Yeah. You know, I want to squeeze him. I wonder what he feels like. <laughs> Apparently, he's very nice, according to the army man that we met at the Sky Club, oh, the Delta the, Sky Club. Oh, the guy that decided he was going to be our friend? Yeah. And then out of just nowhere? And, yeah. One of those guys. One of the, Which is fine. I like that. I'm not, not, a, uh, not against it. When it comes to, yeah, when it comes to uh, what happened in that Oval Office meeting, of course, Nancy Pelosi, she got a lot of press because she stood up to Donald Trump. Uh-huh. But what she did do... Um, which I agree with. She said she's only going to serve a maximum of uh, a maximum of four years. She put term limits or a term limit 
on her speakership. Now, granted, she is like not that young. Mm -hmm. So maybe she's like, that's probably all I want to do. I'm sure there's a little bit of that. But I do think that that was a nice concession because the Democratic Party, as Marcus was just mentioning, and I think the mood of the country is like, you know, wanting to see what the next generation of political leaders look like. Yeah, uh, that's that's all it is. It's not ageism or sexism or anything like that. It is just we want to know what the next generation of political leadership will look like going forward, specifically in this case for the Democratic Party, because I think the Republican Party is going to have a lot of rebuilding to do after <laughs> whatever the hell uh, they become, uh, which is quite interesting. Apparently, yeah. a party that loves to fund foreign wars uh, in Yemen specifically uh, in this case and now of course a party that is willing to specifically donald trump willing to shut down the government right around christmas Mm -hmm. uh, which is really nice because (laughs) he donald trump uh, wants his five billion dollars for a part of the wall which you know to be fair the wall is kind of an all or nothing thing yeah if you only have a part of it it's like it's just imagine a home you know without like well we got three out of the four walls pretty (laughs) they'll never get in now you kind of need the whole thing if you want it to be effective hey what's up everyone how you doing ben kissel here there's a buzzy gift on everyone's list this year oh my goodness what could that be it's something they'll use twice every day oh my it was featured on oprah's o list and it's perfect for everyone with a mouth this it gift is quip an electric toothbrush designed to make brushing better The Quip is the perfect brush to bring home for the holidays. Its multi-use cover mounts to mirrors and unmounts to slide over the bristles to keep your teeth clean wherever you go. The Quip doesn't need a clunky charger or lots of wires and adapters. It runs steady for three months on a single charge. Let your giftee know you care about them all year long. Quip delivers brush heads automatically on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. And you can even gift prepaid refills for a year to make sure they're never using old, worn out, or ineffective bristles. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. And I personally love Quip because you know I've been on the road a lot this year with the boys and Quip has been with me every leg of our journey. If you travel a lot, you know how important it is to have everything be as efficient and easy to pack as possible, which is why I love the Quip. Just two pieces, the Quip and the cover, means you'll never realize you left your charging base or an outlet adapter at your last hotel. The Quip is a perfect gift for the globetrotters in your life. That's why I love Quip and why they have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews. Quip looks like a big-ticket tech gift with a stocking stuffer price starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash top hat right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush, but you don't have to tell your gifty that. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash top hat. Well, if you want to know how the Republican Party is going to rebuild, it's it's very simple. They're going to jettison Trump the exact same way that they jettisoned George W. Bush. And uh, everybody uh, forgot that for seven years, eh, six and a half, seven years, the entire Republican Party exalted George W. Bush as, you know, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, this yeah. guy's our leader. You must respect him no matter what. And then as soon as everything went to shit for George W. Bush, the entire Republican leadership bailed on him. They try to pretend that he never existed. And I guarantee you, once everything goes to shit for Trump, I mean, really goes to shit for Trump because it's starting to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to be hearing, and I would say in about a year or two, you're going to start hearing the word, the word rhino is going to make a real well, big I don't. comeback. I think the, I think they're going to start talking about how he was a rhino, how he he never Maybe. built, because if he doesn't build the wall, that's going to be their uh, rallying cry. Well, he didn't say what he was going to do. He came in, you know, he was a Democrat his entire life before he was a Republican, right? Yeah, he just those... switched. He just switched. Well, like, that's, what be... gonna, that's what they're going to bring in. They're not going to talk about Donald Trump, the Republican. They're going to talk about Donald Trump, the Democrat. Well, I mean, at this point, they should talk about Donald Trump, the Republican, his, his approval ratings within the Republican Party are still in the uh, mid 80s. Yeah, know? he's still doing so well. Now, of course, when you hear that, a lot of people say, 
oh, he has like half of the country or something. No. But the Republican Party is actually smaller than ever. I think it's around 30% of the population uh, is recognized with the Republican Party. There's more independents than Democrats or Republicans right now. There's more people who aren't affiliated with either party. So it's a majority of a small minority of the American people. So yeah. when you hear that statistic, uh, which obviously is a poll that, that Fox, they'll just show that approval rating number mm-hmm. uh, without the context of this is just Republicans. Yeah. And the fact that it's just Republicans really is significant because uh, he is playing to that base. So who knows if the Republican Party will ever be able to shut those people out again, because I think they learned uh, the hard way regarding Mitt Romney. And in some to some degree, uh, John McCain, they learned the hard way what it looks like if you shut those people out, you don't freaking win. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can continue to embrace uh, those people. But now, of course, we have the um, pendulum swinging uh, in the Democrats' direction in the suburbs, the places that traditionally, of course, were extremely Republican. So um, who knows what the Republican Party is going to end up doing? Marcus's point is valid because they will at some point have to pivot back to the suburbs. And I think they have a good shot of getting those individuals back. Specifically, they tend to be a little bit more affluent. Um, they just tend to not have the same concerns that the Democratic Party has specifically uh, regarding um, individuals who are, you know, living an urban lifestyle and their desi- their needs. Uh, when you live in a suburban lifestyle, the Republican Party brand makes more sense for a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, at, at the very least, uh, in their minds. But right now, the Democratic Party... Uh, is going to be able to peel away a lot of the suburban vote. But what's interesting, and we can talk about this now, I want to talk a little bit, too, about the Wisconsin Republican Party, uh, this power grab, which is absolutely insane, uh, what's gone there, uh, gone on there. But we can get to that in a second. But I want to talk about this. Marcus and I were talking a little bit before the show about, you know, why does it, like, wh- why is it so difficult to get an actual change candidate? You can say what you want about Trump. He was a change candidate. Say what you want about Bernie. He was also a change candidate. And it was just s- extremely bizarre. That's why that word unprecedented, which if I hear again, I have to vomit. <laughs> I hate that word. So it's, it's so overused yeah. at this point. Um, but why is it so difficult to get someone who is actually um, more representative of, uh, you know, maybe in this case, let's say someone further left because the pendulum always swings back. So as we're talking about how the Democrats got to get the suburbs right now, the Democratic Party is going to have to go with the big tent approach right now. The Democratic Party uh, has to get people like Bill Kristol. Of course, for those that don't know, Bill Kristol, a weekly standard. This guy is a war hawk. He loved W. I mean, I just disagree with Bill Kristol on so much. It's ridiculous. Of course, now he's always on MSNBC. He's one of their darlings, Mm -hmm. darling conservatives, despite the fact that for years, uh, I think he promoted horrible, specifically horrible, horrible foreign policy. And and then, of course, his whole um, just his entire approach. Uh, to politics, I've disagreed with. Yeah, I mean, Bill Kristol was, uh, I mean, he was lead drummer in the lead up to the Iraq war. Loved it. Yeah, I mean, he was the, he was the guy in the in the press that, that he led the march. Loved, loved the idea of the Iraq war, one of the dumbest uh, foreign policy blunders in American history. Of course, we don't know if, we'll, if they'll cover that in that new movie, Vice, mm. about Dick Cheney. Who the hell is going to see that movie? I don't know, because it, it I just... Hate, I hate, it doesn't look scathing enough. Uh-huh. To it be looks, like, I want to watch it. It looks lighthearted oh, and fun. Oh, he's fun. He's not fun. <laughs> it's a war criminal. Good lord. Yeah, but Sam Rockwell is George W. Bush. He's fun. They're at, they're at the <sighs> they're, they're at barbecue, you know? Don't forget when he signed Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, gallon of water. <laughs> uh, the, the water jug that uh, theoretically was used in waterboarding. And he no. signed that with glee on, uh, uh, who was it? Who is America or this is America? Yeah, yeah, who is America? Great documentary. That's what I'm going to call it. Documentary. Sure. Docu-series. Docu-series. Um, so the Democratic Party now, they have to expand their base and they have to get these disaffected moderate Republicans. They're going to they're going to do it. Um, and I think that's one thing that Nancy Pelosi and uh, the more established Democratic leadership is angling for. That's why Nancy Pelosi was like, dude, when you're running for office, uh, don't mention impeachment. Yeah. You know, just like kind of leave that on the back burner. We don't want to seem too extreme. 
despite the fact I don't think it seems that extreme at this point, given the fact, again, as we talked about, the man's been... The man uh, is a felon. A basically, proven, the man is a proven felon. If he was not president, he would be uh, alongside Michael Cohen, yeah. uh, hanging out in a prison cell. Yeah, uh, which is just a fact. That I mean, this I mean, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, so if he would have lost. Then yeah. Well, actually, if he would have lost, I don't think they would ever would have gone after it because it would have been politically toxic for Hillary oh, Clinton uh, to go after. Uh, I think Donald they Trump might afterwards. have found a way. You think they might have? Maybe. <laughs> I think he pissed off so many. Many people yeah. every single breath uh, during that election and every single tweet and every single uh, word spoken he angers a lot of people who are quiet but extremely fucking serious and uh <laughs> and you know they they all have egos like anybody else mm-hmm. you think robert uh, Mueller doesn't have a massive ego of course he does yeah. he knows exactly i mean these people are egomaniacs you don't get to that level you don't even choose that position in life unless you think that you are Someone who uh, is a proper steward of how the world should be. Yeah. Of course. And you know, that's the, the fetishization of Robert Mueller also makes me nauseous. It's but real weird. I saw a kid again. I, men, I mentioned this on the show last week, too. Like, just wearing the shirt. And I was like, yeah, the, why are you wearing a Mueller shirt? like the It's Mueller He's a German time. inquisitor. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, it's it's very strange. The fetishization of, of Mueller oh, is uh, very it's nasty. strange. So the Democratic Party at this point, does have to court those those people. And they are going to actively court, not all the candidates, who knows. Um, but I do think we're going to see some more moderate candidates that throw their names uh, in the ring as well for 2020. So um, that's what happened basically in the early 90s with Bill Clinton. If you listen to Bill Clinton when he's campaigning against, uh, against H.W. Bush, of course, H.W. Bush got railroaded by his own party. And to Marcus's former point, about Donald Trump, will the Republican Party abandon him after we have two years of what's going to be a hellacious experience? I mean, Donald Trump can't even get a chief of staff. This one dude who's 36 years old who works for Mike Pence, I'm blanking on his name, but you can you can find it. It doesn't matter. He's a blip in the in the whole thing. Yeah, he's already out of there. But he turned him down. Yeah, I mean, this a 36 is a- year old. This is a job that in Washington was one of the most coveted positions you could have. It's chief a, of staff. It's a kingmaker position. It's I mean, kingmaker it position. Wasn't Dick Cheney chief of staff? No, he was point? the vice president. Well, I mean, but oh, before oh, that, I think, I think he was chief of staff I, I for think Nixon, he was with right? Nixon. He yeah, was yeah. the youngest chief of staff of all time. Yeah, he was. I think he was around 34 or 35 when he got that. Yeah, and, and it is a kingmaker position. Yes. It is like that is the stepping stone to a lifetime in politics. Absolutely. I mean, that is a, it is a coveted position. And he not only he not only said no to chief of staff, but he quit the White House altogether. Well, you know, as as we're going to see now, this is phase two. I think there's going to be a lot of catharsis. I think people are going to be happy to see checks and balances and no problems. I'm not going to complain about that one bit. I think that's absolutely wonderful. The Dems picking up two, uh, all the way up to 236 House seats. When it comes to a general, perhaps the Republican Party does split off and abandon uh, Donald Trump the same way the Republican base or the sort of the the seed of the Tea Party, the Grover Norquests of the world, mm-hmm. the Newt Gingriches of the world, abandoned H.W. Bush R.I.P. Um, because, of course, the taxes and all this kind of nonsense. They just didn't think that he was aggressive enough. He wasn't conservative enough. He was Ronald Reagan, like extremely light Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you had Ross Perot rolling through. And then, of course, you have Bill Clinton. And if you go back and actually listen to Bill Clinton, when he was running, his criminal justice platform, and we've talked about this on the show before, is extremely conservative. Yeah. Extremely conservative. Super now, predator. Remember those two words. Now, of course, they do this under the guise of victims' rights. This is the road to hell, right? It's always paved with good intentions. Or perhaps it's nefarious and they know exactly what they're doing. And I would assume uh, the latter point is probably closer to the truth. So under the guise of, of victims' rights, you got three strikes, mandatory minimums. Uh, the list goes on. The expansion of the war on drugs. You know the story. So Bill Clinton was forced to go that route. In order to win. Now, again, the Republican Party leaving Ross Perot, there was a lot of factors there. I see a similar template for 2020 because, again, you need to win the whites in the suburbs. That's what they have to do. White vote is it can't it's not really talked about too much, but you got to get the white vote. And that's where that is. You would need the wealthy 
white educated vote who is fleeing Donald Trump. And that's what the Democratic Party, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there's a reason that someone just floated like the idea of a Biden Romney ticket, mm-hmm. which, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't doesn't exactly get me going. Uh, Biden know? Romney but, 2020, but everybody. Biden Romney. Biden Romney. I, I, anyone. Well, who knows? I <laughs> like a, Joe Biden. I really do. I like and, Joe and Biden, admit, too. You know, I watched just... his document. I know the guy who made his documentary. They're they're wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to a to a degree where it's like, where are the bodies? Yeah, where are the bodies? I need to see the floorboards. I mean, I you think, don't even have milk in this house. I think Biden was a uh, he had his shot. I mean, twenty eight to he twenty. Want, he's gonna. Oh, he's in. Yeah, twenty. I mean, I, but I he's think in. I think twenty sixteen was was his year uh, to really go for it. But he's just so old. Well, you They're know what? That's so, ageism, Marcus. I mean, eh, it is ageism, but mm. also like you know, I'm not gonna hire a six. 60-year-old to play running back for the Green Bay Packers. Well, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Although at this point, they could probably use them. <laughs> so mean, damn bad. You know, it's so, like it's just some jobs require extreme yes. stamina, and this is a job that uh, requires extreme stamina. You Honestly, know? I also, think that's a little I, overrated. And you I'd sit. It's not. Oh, no. I dude, think it's a you, little bit overrated. They wake overrated. up early. Have you ever sat, and, sat at a computer and worked for 10 they hours They don't sit straight. at computers. They have other people do that. They it's, sit. You don't know what it's like, man. You don't know <laughs> what it's like. This is more about you. <laughs> this is not just, everything is about sitting at a computer. Well, I'm just saying, like, sitting and doing work and concentrating <laughs> for 10, 12 hours straight is right. exhausting. It's yes. absolutely exhausting. And to ask a, what, 80-year-old man yeah, to do that? It'll be something like that. Yeah, yeah, something around, like, 80. Like I would, And also, like, I would just like a younger person with more of a perspective on this generation. No, I, I you know, completely. I on completely the younger agree. generation because like this agree. is the, this younger generation is the one uh, that is really gonna get fucked over by what's going on right now I think now more well, than course. ever we're at such a turning point in history not just with climate change but also with uh, you know and not just with climate change but with economics as well uh, and you know the future of capitalism I think we are at a turning point in history where this generation needs to be understood not just our generation but the generation below us as well i mean i think oh, yeah. it's very we're at such a fulcrum of history uh and i'm just afraid that you know biden someone like biden someone even someone like bernie they're just too far out of touch to really put things back to where they need to be and god forbid we get more trump because if we get more trump then we're i mean super extra fucked well, who knows? You know, I think that at this point, people just want to see Donald Trump out of office. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, that seems to be. And that uh, could the actually sentiment. work against what, the Democrats, because if you just now, want if you just if it's anything but Trump, then, you know, the Democrats aren't going to have to really try all that hard. Well, <laughs> I uh, mean, it's, you know, they, it, it's going to be a feisty campaign. It's going to be a feisty primary. And we'll see. So that's why it's so difficult, though, going back to the point about how it's difficult to get somebody um, who might represent your personal values. When you run in a general, you need to, the pendulum is constantly swinging back um, to those people who feel disaffected. So Donald Trump, he was able to talk to people. I mean, we see them all the time. These Trumpers, man, there's a reason they love his ass. They mm-hmm. just don't feel like they were spoken to for many years, whether it be W, Clinton, Obama, who knows. And now they feel like they got a dude who's talking to him. Of course, now they also have the fleeing of everyone, again, as I mentioned, in the suburbs. Where are they going to go politically? It's a binary process. Mm-hmm. So the Democratic Party knows that. Nancy Pelosi knows that. Chuck Schumer knows that. And I think we're going to see a moderate Democrat end up coming in with a similar strategy as Bill Clinton used in the early 90s. Just when it comes to the big tent, you know, the idea of a Biden-Romney, the idea that that would actually possibly work. I don't think that it would be possible. It reminds me of McCain. He wanted Lieberman, mm-hmm. uh, but the party was like, you can't do it. So then he made the biggest mistake of his political career, most likely, yep. um, in, in Sarah Palin, of course. And one of the biggest mistakes of uh, American politics in general of uh, the last 10 years. Uh, she looks smart now, doesn't she? Isn't that sad? <laughs> we just get dumber she and just, dumber in so many just ways. open the door. She, yep. uh, she opened the door and Donald Trump eventually walked through. So we will see what they end up doing and who that person ends up being. But that is just my kind of prediction 
because of all of these people. These people uh, that they have the money, they're they're politically inclined. They vote. All of those people that supported Donald Trump and uh, maybe they held their noses while they voted for his ass, who are just like so fucking fed up with all this horseshit, this mm-hmm. reality show nonsense where people are going to prison. I mean, my God, this is crazy. Yeah. It's not normal. This is totally, completely ab-fucking-normal. Those people are going to have a say now in Democratic Party politics. Mm-hmm. And I think those people are going to really um, sway the uh, the, the 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 momentum of the more farther left, the Ocasio Cortezes. Of course, she cannot run for president. So stop saying that. People are like, she should run for. She she's can't twenty nine years old. She's twenty nine. <laughs> you have to be thirty five. She cannot do it. Someone asked her that question, and thank God she didn't say she was thinking about it. Yeah. Because otherwise, I would have to be done with everything. <laughs> My goodness. But you got those sort of darlings, those new people, the new toys in the chest. Um, and it's great. You know, I think she's going to represent the Bronx the same way, uh, you know, I like. And Queens. Know, and Queens. And Connor, the same way I like Connor Lamb, a more moderate uh, Democrat over there winning in Pennsylvania and in more of a Republican district. We saw all of the the wins in Republican districts by Democratic candidates. Now, they don't get a lot of national attention because they ran more moderate campaigns. But those victories in those Republican districts that previously, maybe they went for a, a Maybe they did go for Obama, and then they went for Trump, and now they, they swung back. Uh, because those are really those districts that the Democratic Party needs to get back, those Obama-Trump districts. We talked about this uh, before the midterms. We broke down a lot of the districts, and there were, I believe it was 12 uh, key toss-ups that were that were for, or maybe it was even more than that. It might have been in the 20s mm-hmm. um, that went Obama and then went Trump. Those places are in play for the Democratic Party, and to win in those places— you're going to have to run more of a moderate person. Well, I don't know. I mean, they um, they flipped him for the midterms. I mean, the, a lot of the, the... But in those districts, I they mean, ran... The blue, the blue wall was rebuilt, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, if you look at, you know, let's go... What was the one in Pennsylvania? The dude... I forget the name of the guy. And it, was it... Uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on his name. Anyway, basically just ran a total anti-war but you know fiscally more more conservative you know he was able to win there was a lot of stories like that in 2018 where the people that were running were like i'm not for impeachment yeah Uh, i don't like nancy there's a lot of people who ran against nancy pelosi um which you could argue is you could you could run against nancy pelosi from the left or from the right yeah obviously she is uh, you know she's a a firebrand herself so I, I could see that happening for the Democratic Party because it just reminds me of what happened in the early 90s with Bill Clinton, who, again, only won because his domestic criminal justice policy was exceptionally conservative. And it was also Ross Perot had a lot to do with that as well. Yeah, but not in 96, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so anyway. Oh, yeah, because, you know, everyone was on fire for Bob Dole. But he's still alive. <laughs> He's still at it. Bob Dole, the man that will never die. He couldn't even hold a pencil in 96 and he's still around. I'm not maligning the guy. I guess he's a war hero. Yes, indeed he is, I'm going to say. Yeah. But uh, my God, he's still around. Hey guys, tis the season. That is tis the season for long to-do list. Waiting in even longer lines and trying to send out all your gifts in time for the holidays. Lucky for me, Stamps.com is helping us here at LPN get in the holiday spirit by making shipping out merch, mail, and yes, even our holiday cards easy as can be. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Post Office right to your desktop. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. And then the mail carrier picks it up. No trips to the post office required. It couldn't be easier. Print postage any day, anytime. Stamps.com is always open. Stamps.com not only saves you time, it saves you money. Stamps.com helps you print the right amount of postage every time so you never overpay again. And with Stamps.com, you get discounts on postage you can't even get at the post office. With all the time and money you'll save, Stamps.com is the best gift you can give yourself this holiday season. Now, we use Stamps.com because if you're a small business owner like us, you know that time is money. Stamps.com is open 24-7 and there's never a line. And best of all, you don't need to put on your snow boots to send out your packages and mail. And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Top Hat. That's Stamps.com. Enter Top Hat. 
Yeah, but but yeah, Bob, but Bob Dole was at, but the country was going great in '96. Like that's why they ran Bob Dole's because the the Republicans knew they didn't have a fucking chance in hell. And we'll we'll see what the country is like uh, economically going into 2020 as it's well. It's not looking doubt, good. It's, it's looking not looking real. Good. It's starting to look real dim it out is. there. It is because I mean, if you just look at it. Of course, when they repealed uh, legislation, I think it was Dodd-Frank and something else here, um, basically allowing banks to give questionable loans once again. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just started blowing up the bubble, and every economist that I have read in The Economist, Mm -hmm. isn't that clever, Mm -hmm. um, has said it will burst within 20, by 2020, 2021, or 2022, and you can just see it happening. So once the the Republicans lose the economy, it's all over, and it's already beginning. We can start seeing uh, what's happening right now with the markets just regarding the just the the um, the amount of turbulence regarding the trade wars and everything with China. And now, of course, we have that situation with that person who was over in prison here. That woman, did you see that story? There's this Chinese gal who's in prison here, and the Chinese want her back. The U.S. said she was doing some nefarious things, so they imprisoned her. The Chinese want her back, and Donald Trump said he'll negotiate it regarding with the tariffs. Uh, so he's gonna like, yeah, which doesn't make any. It's it's so stupid. It's um, anyway. So he just, hey, the best deals because that's the that's best the, deals. that's the kind of deal you get from the best deal maker that makes deals that are deals that are good uh-huh. and deals that are solid and wonderful and the best. Deals Abs- absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, that was just a, my uh, my small amount of insight uh, into what you can possibly expect for 2020. And just because I was thinking about it last night, like, why don't you see someone who was or, you know, I, I was also talking about it in context. Who the hell was I speaking with? My buddy. I was talking to my buddy, Adam, uh, at the bar and he was talking to me and he's a, he's a really great guy. He's a carpenter. He works his ass off. But he's been concerned about the socialist rhetoric from the from certain Democrats, you know, being, you know, the the Democratic Socialist Movement, which is totally fine. And that can fit into a big Democratic Party tent without a doubt. Um, I think there's a lot of ideas um, that are completely valid within that realm of political philosophy. And but he was getting concerned. He's like, the Democratic Party is just going to be a socialist party. And I'm no. like, no, don't don't. No, but don't don't think about it because it's not true. You know, when we talk about. Um, how these things kind of ebb and flow. It is just simply not true. I believe it'll be a um, a more traditional candidate uh, in 2020. Now, regardless of if they're young or old, I'm saying policy-wise, Tulsi Gabbard, for example, I don't think she's extremely uh, super far left. Um, you know, I don't think there's a lot of them uh, out there. Castro out of Texas, I think would be, I think he's going to be absolutely fascinating. Uh, you can't be elected as a Democrat in Texas by being a super far left individual. You look at Beto O'Rourke, they try to make him a socialist. You actually look at his freaking record. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's, there's no such thing. Like, it's all nonsense. Yeah, it's so, like Cor- Cortez is a, an avowed uh, Democratic socialist. Yeah. But on she the other hand. She busted her ass and got elected and people felt like they have hope in her. So yeah, great. She's a, yeah, she's great. She was a, yeah, she was a fucking waitress in Union Square uh, two years ago. She's uh, a bartender. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, she's a bartender. She's awesome. It's a it's a great story. And that's the thing is that we uh, we need people like that. Absolutely. Like you need people on the far left. You need you know you need people on the far right. You need Absolutely. people that pull uh, that that pull the other side towards the center because if we end up. But that's the thing is that when we end up with a middle of the road centrist candidate, you got people over on the far right that just pull them center right. Uh, but if you have people over on the far left, you have people on the far right. Then we find more of a middle ground because that's what American politics used to be. Right. American politics used to be a lot more you'd have people on the far left and people on the far right well, so you know, find something more in the funny. middle but the Democratic Party has just been moving more and more towards the center of the years to the point where Hillary Clinton was a center right candidate. Oh I think and she was totally center right. Yeah and yeah. people didn't want that you know and that's no. and that's also you know not to relitigate 2016 No we can't again. anymore. No we can't anymore but you know you, you have to ask yourself like the, de- the Democrats already tried center right uh, in 2016 and whether that was uh but you know people not voting for clinton whether that was they didn't like the policies Mm. or they just didn't like hillary clinton which is seeming more and more 
that's what it was that people just didn't like her and they well, wanted I don't, something I think different. She was, she was she was blamed for the policies of her past. But yeah, we're not going to relitigate not, 2016. Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not <laughs> really we're moving on. Yeah, but we but we still do have to look at it uh, to see what's coming up uh, in of 2020. Course. Well, there was so uh, anyway. There's so many yeah, so many things with that so, damn yes, thing. The, yeah, there's but so the many Democratic there's so many Party, things with it. I, I do want to say this. They as already, well. What I'm saying is that they already we tried have, center right. The Democratic Party cannot have. Uh, and I want them to thrive. I mean, I really do in a lot of ways. Um, they just can't have people who stay home because they didn't get their way. All right. The Republican Party, these people, man, fucking lemmings, dude. They just, they fall in line. Yeah. And it is just phenomenal to see. I mean, you got Orrin Hatch out there talking about Donald Trump, talking about well, Orrin Hatch doesn't know where the fuck he Orrin is Hatch half the time. <laughs> <laughs> but just talking all you know he's just talking about all he knows is he's a good president yeah all these like my Doesn't god care. do they stick to the script and uh the democratic party can learn a thing or two when it comes to um, blind loyalty well just when it comes to realism when it comes to at this point four more years of trump we cannot have this country continue to go down this uh, divisive path. No, we can't. And we and can't. So, and I mean, Sherrod Brown is a great example of someone who I think I see him as a moderate Democrat. Yeah. Now, Sherrod Brown, he's an old fucking dude. Got a lot of khakis. Loves his khakis. <laughs> uh, coming out of Ohio. A lot of folks want him to run. People say he's boring, but I am telling you, boring is the new flash. Mm. I, I love it. I love boring. I don't want to hear any fucking, I don't want to talk, I don't want to hear anything about menstruation. I don't want to talk about anyone's talk, dick. I don't want to talk about dicks. <laughs> I don't want to talk about fucking Rosie O'Donnell. I don't want to talk about The View. I don't want to fucking see, I don't want a goddamn tweet yeah. for my fucking candidate. I, I really, I don't want, I want you to shut the fuck up be boring and talk to me about your policies. Yeah, policies. I, it would actually be great if we had a candidate that was like, you know what, I'm not doing Twitter. No, fuck it. Not doing it's it. It's stupid. No, not doing it at all. Fuck it, you. It's ridiculous. So anyway. That's what I would like. I don't want to hear about anyone's dick, but I would like a guy to say, fuck you. Yeah, like, sure. I'm not, I'm oh, not doing absolutely. it. I'm not doing it. Fuck you. I, fuck I don't care. You. What, I, mean, what, you... I don't care. I, I'm here. I'm running on the issues here. Absolutely. Um, so there are going to be some interesting candidates um, on that level. All right. Just briefly here, the Wisconsin Republican Party. Now, this is a story from last week, but this shit is crazy. <sighs> So, obviously, Scott Walker, this motherfucker, man. I mean, I really... Scott Walker, the Foxconn deal, is a, it's, a, it's a total con. Yeah. It's going to end up costing the Wisconsin taxpayers. The tax breaks that Foxconn got are through the roof, and, all just for political bullshit. Yeah, and Foxconn is importing Chinese workers for this yes, new, like, I Apple mean, plant, right? Abs- Isn't that, that's they, the whole thing. It's horrible. Yeah. It's not going to employ nearly the amount of people, and the whole thing uh, is an absolute con job. Scott Walker also dismantled the union, the the public sector unions, teachers unions, which I like. I'm not for a lot of the private sector unions. You can get into some dirty territory. Yeah, uh, it can get kind of messy there. And who knows? But when it comes to the teachers, they need more rights. They need more money. They need more respect when it comes to the nurses. They need more money, more respect. Um, he dismantled everything. He dismantled the entire um, education, the university system in Wisconsin. Our big claim to fame. Mm-hmm. It's all we had. <laughs> and he dismantled it. So this dude, Tony Evers, ended up defeating him. And the Republican Party, and they are now in a lame duck session, basically. So the Republican Party, they proposed this bill. Now, Scott Walker, uh, he hasn't signed it yet. Oh, by the way, Scott Walker, he makes me think of Bat Boy. I forget that story about David Pecker. Yeah. They were talking... <laughs> Uh, the FBI. So uh, uh, oh, he does look just like Bat Boy. He looks just like Bat Boy. <laughs> no, he really does. David Pecker. They had an anthrax attack over at the uh, at the at the uh, what National Enquirer mm. offices, and the FBI was like, "Yo, dude, what do you want us to keep that you just you know that you cannot live without?" I think it was a signed autograph from Elvis. I'm pretty sure, and a picture of Bat Boy. He loves. <laughs> I love it. And of course, this is the only major publication to support Donald Trump, who he believes. The National Enquirer deserves, Donald Trump has said many many times, a Pulitzer, and I kind of agree with him on it. Uh, Bad boy's a big story. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So anyway, uh, Scott Walker uh, has yet to sign this bill. The bill blocks Evers, again, the new governor, it blocks Evers' ability to change state welfare policy and withdraw from a lawsuit against the Affordable Care Act. Two things he campaigned on. It limits the state's early voting period, a move that would make it harder for Democrats to win in future elections. And this is all happening during the lame deck 
during the lame duck session before Evers takes power. Now, if you listen to the Republicans, you want to pull your fucking hair out because they're talking about how this is not partisan. They just want to limit the power of the governorship. Yeah. They like, just want to limit you, the power of the governorship on their way out. And they what want a They just want to undermine the will of the people. Timing. That's all they want to do. That's all they want to they do. Just, so that's happening. Uh, it's happening, I believe, in uh, North Carolina. What was the other state that had something very similar? Do you can you I'm going to find that there's another state. Uh, yes, in North Carolina, the Republicans uh, tried to pass something similar. Michigan also tried to pass uh, something similar. It's a basically it's a power stripping bill. Um, and in North Carolina, they did this after the Democratic victory in 2016 in the governor's race uh, there. So, again, the, the will of the people, if they wanted this Evers dude, and from what I've heard, speaking of boring, I've heard he's not that exciting. But again, I'm fine with it. It's great. Um Make politics Thaddeus again. Oh, I love that Thaddeus McConnell. Although he's a little exciting when he plays his guitar. That is Policies true. I don't know so much about. Sometimes he's, yeah, he's a nice yeah. guy. I got to meet him once. Give me Dole. Oh. <laughs> no one's ever said that. No one has ever, li- like literally no one said that. Um, so that's happened in Michigan, North Carolina, in Wisconsin. This Republican power gram undermining, uh, undermining uh, the will of the people. Yeah. Uh, it's nefarious. It's absolutely horrible. It's undemocratic. It's undemocratic. It's a, it's a coup. I mean, it, it's a soft coup, but I mean, well, it's, it's just it's it's absolutely uh, absolutely horrible. Um, so hopefully, maybe not coup is the right word, but it's still it's undermining the will of the people. Absolutely. It's it's taking the democratic process away. From, it's stripping the democratic process out of the state by telling people. Oh, okay, so you voted for this guy, but guess what? We're still not going to give you what you want because Absolutely. we're, we're going to do what we want because we know best. That's dictatorship. That is not democracy at all. That is straight up dictatorship. Well, you know, there's a lot of them there. Um, which a is, lot of them there. There's a lot of these Republicans there. Oh, and Wisconsin. Not just, not just a dictator. Uh, there's a whole bunch of little little dictators, little dictators, but it's 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 collective dictatorship Absolutely. where it's telling people that uh, that they do not know uh, what's best for that. We know what's best, and it's not even what's best. It's we know what will annoy you the most. I don't know. It's also it's petty as well. You know, it's, it, well, it's you know, more it's, petty it's, bullshit. It's the last time they have their power. You know, so these lame duck sessions. This is as we saw again going back to Paul Ryan and Yemen, what we started the episode on. Uh, this is where, if they're out, Paul Ryan's out, he doesn't care anymore, st- sticking that thing into a farm bill. This is their final chance. This is when they have their, their last, these are their last uh, gasps of breath while they still have power. And this is what they're choosing to do with the last uh, opportunities uh, that this power has afforded them before uh, the will of the people uh, can be enacted. Of course, that will be happening in January in 2019, right around the corner. It's going to be exciting. And if you're out there, you're listening. I'm assuming most of you are left-leaning people. But I know we have some uh, We have some Republicans as well. And we I, do. Mean, that's, I don't care as long as you're a good person. And uh, I know there's a lot of rational uh, people on uh, all around. No, no neo-Nazis are rational. There's no. not good people on both sides of Nazis versus no. non-Nazis. No, there's but not. There's not. Yeah. Or if you're saying thing. it's like, oh, maybe the Nazis have some good, uh, you know, they make some yeah, points. Some good points. They make some points. You, yeah, know, some like, you really need to well, listen to them. I played Battlefield Five, mm-hmm. and you don't really get a lot of uh, story mode. But one of the stories, you when you're in the tanker, you're playing as the Nazi. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I don't want to be the fucking. <laughs> we kill the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Go back to Wolfenstein if you. If you oh, really just Wolfenstein. want to kill, if you just want to kill Nazis and kill Nazis so and kill Nazis. Good. Yeah. So good. And at one point in Wolfenstein, I swear to God, I was shooting a Nazi. And then it said, but I'm your grandfather. And I let him live. <laughs> I let him live. You know? I've been killing Nazis since I was about 12, 13 years old, man. It just never gets old. Wolfenstein's incredible. Um, when it comes to 2019, don't. In the primary process, this is going to be, it's going to be a scrum. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, But try to refrain from tearing the Democratic Party, uh, uh, you know, just try to don't tear each other apart. um, On personal things, just just try to stick to policy and and understand that um, as a country, we need a healthy Democratic Party. Yes. Um, And it's not going to do us any favors. If we all sit there and, and lick our wounds and get butt hurt uh, 
because our favorite candidate maybe didn't win or whatever. Is, it, is, it's fine. It's bigger than us. It's, it's bigger. It's this all is, bigger than us. And I hope maybe the people in the suburbs, because you were saying, you know, they might get, you know, get a little, uh, they might stay home because they don't get what they want. Uh, that's not an excuse. You just got to do it. We just yeah. have to change and, this and shit. And you all, know, we, get, we can't the, handle it anymore. And, you know, it, not only that, but, and it's not just uh, the divisiveness. It's not just, you know, the fact that it kind of is put but every it seems to have put everyone in the United States in kind of a bad mood for the last two years. Yeah, there's been a cloud. It's been a bit of a cloud. Yeah. It's not just that, you know, it's also about, you know, very very simple things like safety. You know, it's like very simple yeah. things like foreign policy where, you know, you know, reading these uh, recent reports where he just doesn't listen, Trump just doesn't listen well, to his intelligence services like God in these very it. important ways and you know, and yeah. like talking about Saudi Arabia and Russia and Iran and North Korea, if he doesn't like what his intelligence services are saying, he just ignores them and he does that at the peril of us. And, you know, the U.S. foreign policy, I understand the hands-off approach to the Middle East. But at the same time, we're never hands-off. No. Because we are giving so much frickin' money. It's ridiculous. Our troops might not be on the ground there, but our money certainly is. And when those bombs explode... We're paying for made it. Made in the USA. It's one of the only times in the world where you see made in the USA. Mm -hmm. You might see made in China or Indonesia on most of your goods. When it comes to bombs... They see made in the USA. Yeah. And uh, so maybe Saudi Arabia isn't the best country to be totally reliant on our foreign policy in the Middle East. I don't. Maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. Just maybe. Uh, they are quite corrupt. And again, I don't. I think they're reverting back to the politics of the past. Um, all right. So that is our little show. A lot of talking today. Yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We love you very much. You can find me on Instagram at BenKissel1. You can DM me. I most I respond to some DMs. I look at Twitter every now and again, but, you know, it is what it is. I haven't looked at Twitter in I really almost a year know, now. I really want a no-Twitter candidate. I just want to show the world that it can happen. Because everyone's yeah. like, oh, you got to do it now. And it's like, you don't. I mean, I don't no. know. There's a lot of other ways to do it. Yeah, Snapchat. I want a Snapchat candidate. Ugh. <laughs> you get the little puppy, the little puppy tongue, that'll and be uh, cute. that'll be really imagine, cute. Imagine Sherrod Brown as a little puppy, <laughs> and a little piggy. What a guy! Oh. Um, all right, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>